Hey, what's up? Hey, friend, thanks for coming over tonight. It's a great night for a campfire. The fireflies are out in force this summer. They're so surreal, like God's little flying organic LEDs. Yeah, that's the bullfrogs down at the creek. They're out in force tonight after the nice summer shower we had today. I'm telling you, my friend, it's going to be a good one. Hey, you're listening to Guat Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Before we get going with the podcast today, I want to remind you, friend, that there is a lot of very valuable information, and I mean that with all sincerity, very valuable information in the show notes. A lot of the hyperlinks to things I'm going to refer to are there. Even the scripture verses that I will read at the very end of this podcast, if you want to read it for yourself, just click on the hyperlink and it pops right open in your smartphone or on your computer for you. But anyway, today's episode is episode, believe it or not, 130. The title, Other Things, my favorite slow skate song. Subtitle, Without You, Harry Nielsen's number one hit. The Wikipedia article on Harry Nielsen reports, Harry Edward Nielsen III, born on June 15, 1941, and died of a heart attack on January 15, 1994, at the young age of 52. Professionally, he was known by his last name, Nielsen. Nielsen was an American singer-songwriter who achieved the peak of his commercial success in the early 1970s. His work is characterized by pioneering vocal overdub experiments, returns to the great American songbook, and fusions of Caribbean sounds. He had an amazing tenor voice with a three-and-a-half octave range. Nielsen was one of the few major pop rock recording artists to achieve significant commercial success without ever performing major public concerts or undertaking regular tours. The craft of his songs and the defiant attitude he projected remained touchstones for later generations of indie rock musicians. His seventh and most commercially successful album, Nielsen Schmielsen, was released in November 1971, producing three of his best-known songs, including his number one hit, Without You, written by Pete Ham and Tom Evans of the group Badfinger. A link to the song is included in the show notes. I encourage you to listen to it. It will provide a better context for the story I will relate to you in just a moment. I also have included a link to Badfinger's original release of the song. When you listen to the original song performed by the two men who actually wrote it, you will gain a deeper understanding into just what a great musical artist Nielsen was. I remember the Nielsen Smilson album well. In 1973, the album was a nomination in the Album of the Year category, and Without You won the Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. In 2006, Nielsen Smilson was ranked number 84 on Pitchfork's Top 100 Albums of the 1970s. The album was ranked 281 in the 2020 revision of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. I love that album, especially the hit song, Without You. Nielsen's version of the song starts with only a solo piano in his voice. As I listen to a remastered version of it now, I am further blown away by the sound of Nielsen's voice. The song holds a special place in my memory for a lot of reasons. It was a hit when I started junior high school. It was a great slow dance song. It especially was a great slow skate song. When you heard that lonely piano come on the skating rink speaker, you knew the lights were going to be lowered, which was your cue to work fast to skate next to the girl of your choosing to see if they wanted to slow skate with you. I'm not aware of any skating rinks around today. There may be a few left. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I've included a wiki article that describes the roller rink for you. 
The point is, it was a safe place to hang out and skate with your favorite guy or girl. Innocent times, great song, fond memories. Fast forward a few years. The time was after I graduated from high school in 1977 and before I got married in 1981. I came home from a date with my now wife a little after midnight. I know this because my wife had to be in her house by midnight, and I lived just a few blocks from her house. As I pulled into the driveway, my dad's truck was parked on the left side of the driveway behind my mom's car, which was out of the ordinary. So I pulled into the driveway on the right side. As I looked at my dad's old yellow 1965 F-100, I realized my dad was still sitting in the truck. I could see his shadow by the light from the front porch. I went over to the driver's side window. My dad rolled down the window, and I asked him what he was doing sitting in the truck. He was drunk, which was the norm, but he usually wasn't home that early. He said, Kenny, get in the truck. I went around and got in the truck. I asked him what was going on. He just sat there and stared at the porch light. I could faintly see his face in the light. He reached over and got a cassette tape out of the glove box. He said, I want you to listen to something. He put the cassette in the player. I only remember my dad playing one other cassette he bought. It was Amy Winehouse's album that had her big hit on it, Rehab. I always wondered how he even knew about Winehouse. The cassette began to play. There in the shadow of the front porch light, that haunting piano started. It was Nielsen's big hit, Without You. As the song was playing, my father's eyes became wet with tears restrained. It was one of the few times I ever saw my father cry. My dad wasn't a crier. At this point, I was curious as to how my father knew about Nielsen Schmielsen, how he knew about Harry Nielsen, and how he knew about this song. As the song played, he asked me if I knew who this was. I said, yes, it's Harry Nielsen's album, Nielsen Schmielsen. He turned and looked at me and said with surprise, how do you know that? Like it was something new. I told him it was my favorite song to slow skate to at the skating rink. Then he turned his head back toward the porch light and he was transported to another place. He began to talk. He said, we went to the park to listen to the music. There were all these bands who got up there and were yan, 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 yelling garbage. Then this guy walks up to the microphone, opens his mouth and sings this and everyone in the park shut up. You could hear a pin drop. With this one song, he put all the other groups to shame. We. Park. Outdoor concert. This was not a side of my dad I knew anything about. It's like I was talking to a different man. A man I did not know. Then it hit me. This was their song. My father had worked an extended period of time in Manchester, England. During that time, he had an affair with a nurse. The brief times that he would come home, I noticed he brought back items that were not my dad. Sweaters, which he never wore. A nice bottle of Tabak Men's Cologne, which I really liked. It had a hospital gift shop price tag on it. I asked him why he had a bottle of Tabak, because he never wore cologne. He really didn't answer me. He just said I could have it. I asked him why he bought it in a hospital gift shop. He just mumbled off some non-answer. At the time, I did not know about the affair, but I knew something was off in this situation. Now, back to the truck. Now, sitting in the truck, after the affair had been revealed, my dad and I listening to his special song shared with his girlfriend. Now, seeing it wasn't something that just came and went. His mind was still on her. 
I didn't ask him about the song. I knew what it meant. I didn't like it, but there was nothing really to discuss. As I have aged, I look back with a lot of questions. You can say that all my father's different behavior with his British nurse girlfriend was a midlife crisis fueled by turning 50, which he turned 50 there in England, and emblazoned with the titillation of a secret affair. But I know now that there was more to it than that. As an older man, I would have liked to sit down with my father and ask him why he enjoyed going to the park for an outdoor concert, but he never did anything like that with us. What about that relationship moved him to tears? Emotions and depth I never saw in him. Even after he came to Christ two weeks before his death, the day before he died, he shed tears, talking to me about taking care of his grandson, whom he basically raised. There was no expressions to me about any pride he might have in me, or that I had been a good son. No emotion at all. Listen to the lyrics of this powerful song. No, I can't forget this evening or your face as you were leaving, but I guess that's just the way the story goes. You always smile, but in your eyes your sorrow shows. Yes, it shows. No, I can't forget tomorrow when I think of all my sorrows. When I had you there, but then I let you go. And now it's only fair that I should let you know. What you should know, I can't live if living is without you. I can't live. I can't live anymore. The song goes back into some repeats. This song summarized what my dad was feeling. My dad was capable of more emotions than I ever knew. As I reflect on that hard time in our family, I realize now my dad's British love affair didn't happen in a vacuum. He asked my mother more than once to quit her job and come with him to England. He knew he was going to be there an extended period of time. The hotel room was expensed out. It wouldn't cost any more for her to stay with him. He told her it would be a great opportunity for her to see some things she would never get a chance to see. She told him she had no interest in going to England and sitting with him in a bar while he got drunk. This was all said in front of me. My dad found someone over in England who was happy to sit next to him in the pub while he drank. He also found someone who enlivened him in a way we never witnessed. Was my dad's affair a sin? Sure it was. In the last days of his life, after praying to ask Jesus to save him, after he took his last ride to the hospital, he told my mother that she was the only person he ever really loved and that she knew that. He asked my mother if she would start sleeping with him in his bed when he got home. She said that he knows he doesn't sleep well and that he would keep her up. He also asked her to get into the hospital bed with him, and she wouldn't. She never got the chance because my dad didn't live but two more weeks. Then he went to heaven to be with Jesus. Friend, I don't share these things to tell him my dad or my mom. By sharing these things, I don't believe it dishonors them. These are serious times, and we need to get serious about dealing with life honestly. As a kid, I took my mom's side, always. My dad was the villain. As my brain processes all the stuff I witnessed as a kid, I have to admit there were mistakes made by my mother that set my dad up for failure, but the sin of adultery is laid at my father's doorstep. I do wonder, what would have happened if my mom had have quit her job? gone to England, and sat on the bar stool next to him. Wouldn't that have been an expression of her love for him, even though it would have been uncomfortable for her? Why have I shared this story with you, my friend? Here is where I am with all of this. This is the reality. Life is messy, and none of us are perfect. None of us, period. In any marriage that suffers injury due to sin and bad choices, 
There is more going on than just the spouse's sin. In some cases, the mate is contributing in some way to the decay. This is not to say imperfection is the justifiable provocation that causes the mate to sin. My dad owns his sin of adultery. It hurt everybody in the process. Through it all, though, my parents never divorced. The big picture for us kids, and don't forget, you may be an adult in age, but you are still two people's kid, especially if we want to reach a lost parent for Jesus Christ. Here's the big picture. It's to show the love of Christ. Develop the relationship to the point where you can discuss life with all of its flaws and seek to have an open and honest discussion in order to bear each other's burdens and learn and grow from the mistakes of others. We judge things and draw conclusions that we don't have the right to draw. We are each individually responsible before God for our own sin. In reality, there are things you and I just don't know nor need to know. You and I think we need to know, but we don't know. Our focus needs to be directed toward building each other up in love. I have a small patch of dense woods two houses down from me. It's only about 50 feet deep, then it rises into a large barren farm hill. I don't even know what is in the woods. If I take the time, I can walk around in it and explore it. But in the end, there is still much more going on in that small wooden break than I will ever know. Friend, how much more is going on inside the minds, souls, and memories of people in our family and broader sphere of friendships, work associates, and community connections? One of the greatest dangers of this present information overload culture is to believe we can know anything we want to know if we just dig deep enough. But it is an illusion of our own puffed-up minds. The same scientist who speaks with certainty on what is in the core of the earth can't even tell you what is in the Marianas Trench, the deepest oceanic trench on earth, at almost seven miles deep. If Mount Everest was placed in the bottom of the deepest portion of that trench, it would still be 1.2 miles below the surface of the ocean. <laughs> the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6 verses 1 through 10 says it this way, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.